Hello everyone, welcome back to Crib Wolf Talks. My name is Lino Farah. One topic that has been widely discussed on our program is the incredible lack of deeply affordable housing with or without supports within our communities. The fact that there has not been much progress with resolving this social problem for individuals with developmental disabilities and other members of our vulnerable population is very concerning. Appropriate living arrangements are an integral part of our, everyone's life. We all need so much more as in the ability to have access to employment training and gainful employment. Today's program will be the first of a three-part series focusing on employment for persons with developmental disabilities. I am pleased to have with me my good friend Matt George, co-founder of Cribble Foundation and co-executive producer of our program. Matt, nice to have you on our show today. Thanks, Leno. Thanks for having me. Matt, you've always been adamant in discussions that there is much still to be done to ensure all persons with disabilities have access to employment. On this first episode of a three-part series on employment for persons with developmental disabilities, I would like to share with our viewers a general overview of what we have learned from addressing today's topic, employment for persons with developmental disabilities. Matt, let me start our program with these statements. A person with developmental disabilities wants to be employed and would like to be engaged within the community they live in. And a person with developmental disabilities employed in some capacity allows them to grow as an individual, improve their life skills, increase their self-esteem, help them feel better about themselves, and being employed gives them a reason to get up in the morning and pack their lunch. In essence, employment gives them a sense of worth. Well, many employers don't know how important work is for people with developmental disabilities. Uh, they don't know how dedicated and how capable they are. Taking a step back, we just need to keep in mind that much like any other type of disability, disability does not discriminate. Any one of us can join the disability community at any point in our lives. It's not about them. It's really about us. And for the record, on June 2018, the federal government of Canada introduced Bill C-81, an act to ensure a barrier-free Canada. It's called the Accessible Canada Act. This act received royal assent on June 2019 and came into force on July 2019. Matt, what have you learned from the Accessible Canada Act? Well, 6 million Canadians, 15 years and over, that's 15% 15, 15 of them, have a disability. 59% uh, of persons with a disability aged between 25 to 64 are employed compared with 80% of those without a disability. And that's based on a study released in December of 2022. Um, Canadians with milder disabilities earn 12% less and Canadians with more severe disabilities earn 51% less and are more likely to live in poverty. Uh, and that's quite unfortunate. Man, those are significant statistics. I also understand the intent of the Accessible Canada Act is to make Canada barrier-free by January 2040. By 2040? Really? It takes 17 years to pull this together? I don't get it. Lino, let's discuss the meaning of barrier-free. What does this entail? Um, a barrier is anything that prevents persons with disabilities from fully and equally participating in Canadian society. Uh, some barriers are very visible, like a building without an access ramp. Other barriers are less visible, like instructions written in a complicated language. 
Um, the 2017 Canadian Survey on Disability, CSD, collected data on experiences of persons with disabilities. The challenge here is that there are many forms of disability with developmental disability quantified at a very small percentage when compared with other forms of disability, such as mobility, deafblind, motor movement, pain-related, etc. Uh, the fact is that there's very little funding being spent on accumulating data on employment of persons with developmental disabilities. So now let's continue the discussion of the barriers. This is a big topic to employment for persons with disabilities. Can you elaborate further on, let's say, the types of barriers? Absolutely, Lino. Um, some of the key barriers for people with disabilities are you know, uh, stigma and stereotypes, uh, lack of educational attainment, uh, a lack of disability awareness training, a lack of workplace accommodation when they need to perform their job, uh, the lack of employees with disabilities as role models or mentors within that workplace. Uh, once employed, it can be quite challenging for persons with disabilities to stay employed and may even limit their opportunities for advancement in their careers. Um, very few organizations include initiatives for hiring people with disabilities, despite the fact that we're supposedly living in a very inclusive world. Um, many don't consider whether their policies and practices are making it harder than necessary for people with disabilities to fully participate. Uh, while diversity is cited as a top value by almost every organization, people with disabilities are often overlooked and undersupported. And as a result, uh, they're missing out on a great source of talent, and we're all missing out on the full potential of people whose abilities put them in some way outside of that standard fit in our workplaces. Uh, having a good disability inclusion policy isn't just the right thing to do. It's good for everyone at every level of your company. Well, that was a too many lack of, from my, my, my opinion. It is very important to have an understanding of these terms, no doubt about it. So now that we have some facts and some important statistics behind us, let's shift our discussion to employing persons with developmental disabilities. Matt, it's widely known and accepted that long-term employment and a person's overall well-being are linked. Employment is an important indicator of social inclusion and being employed promotes a good mental health in that it offers one a place to socialize, uh, to become interpersonal, uh, to have interpersonal contacts, I guess, and to use one's skills, acquire new skills, and in essence, gain a sense of personal accomplishment and self-esteem. Very true. Um, however, persons with disabilities in Canada do not have an equal chance as those not having a disability to thrive or advance in their careers. Uh, at least 30% of persons with disabilities report that they feel disadvantaged in an employment because of their disability. Approximately 40% report feeling that their employer considers them disadvantaged because of their disability. Again, those percentages are way too high and they're very valid points though. But let me ask you, what job is appropriate for persons with developmental disabilities? Well, you know, why should we have any boundaries for persons with disabilities? Why can't the sky be the limit? Why can't all persons with or without a disability have the same access to whatever job that they want? Uh, perhaps they wish to be in marketing or hospitality or in communications, healthcare, etc. Well, that's what I was hoping you would say, Matt. The great points. Um, so, Matt, how do we affect change? 
Well, hiring persons with disabilities is easier than you might think. If you're ready to make a, your workplace more inclusive, before you hire persons with developmental disabilities, uh, our research has shown that there are some steps that will that that can help to get you started. Um, you know, make your workplace more inclusive. Uh, the Ontario Disabilities Employment Network, ODIN, is a professional body of employment service providers united to increase uh, employment opportunities for people who have a disability. Uh, ODIN has over 140 member agencies offering training, coaching for a potential employer and the candidate. Uh, make an inclusive workplace policy. Establish some guidelines about your organization's commitment to inclusion and accessibility. Uh, what is your vision for your accessible and inclusive workplace? Do you even have one? Uh, your policy doesn't really have to be complicated. You know, find and remove barriers. Uh, an inclusive workplace is one where everyone has the tools and the support they need to succeed. Uh, assess your workplace. Do you even offer flexibility on the job duties? Uh, is the work culture inclusive or are there stereotypes and misconceptions that need to be modified? Great advice. So Matt, once we have made our workplace more inclusive, what's the next logical step? Well, you have to understand how to recruit the candidates with disabilities. You know, when writing a job posting, decide which qualifications are essential. Uh, rather than including a long wish list that may discourage candidates with disabilities from applying or that make the job completely impossible to candidates, use plain language, avoid jargon, and offer to provide the job that provide the job posting in different formats. Uh, let candidates know that you're an inclusive employer. Uh, in your job posting or on the company website, list what workplace accommodations and adjustments you can offer persons with disabilities. Okay, so that's great. So we've made our business inclusive and posted the job opportunity. What should be the next step? We must look at how to conduct the interview. Oh, okay. um, yeah, uh, while we need to ask all the candidates the same job-related questions, we must recognize that we may need to tweak the interview process slightly when interviewing a person with developmental disabilities. Now, slow it down. Rushing through an interview with a question after question will not work. Uh, focus on how the applicants will apply their skills to perform the job rather than perceived limitations. Be aware of personal bias that can influence decision-making. Um, avoid making assumptions about a person's disability or assuming limitations that may not exist. Well, sounds like real common sense and good, uh, good points. So we have an inclusive environment. We have posted, interviewed, and hired a person with disabilities. So now it's time to onboard this person with developmental disabilities, correct? Right on point, Lino. Um, ensure supervisors and co-workers know the employee's needs. Give awareness training to create a positive and welcoming environment for your new hire. Uh, make sure that any accommodations you discuss with the employee are in place. Uh, be flexible and open to suggestion from the employee. A person with a disability knows their strengths and limitations better than anyone and may be able to tell their manager how they could do their job more effectively. Uh, foster an inclusive workplace culture uh, and an open communication. Uh, lastly, this may be the most important step, you know, is ensuring that once you hire that amazing person who happens uh, to have a developmental disability, you are actually able to keep that person on board. That person may truly wish to stay with your company. 
think of this as an opportunity as a writer's blank page. You get to choose the layout, the design, the flow, and the end result completely. Uh, you, you absolutely must have your staff and your team on side. Implement some company awareness training, get some coaching, uh, get your team involved, and create a culture of inclusivity. Yeah, I love it. Uh, creating a proper culture is exactly what needs to happen. Matt, great discussion on the importance of employment for those with developmental disabilities and the significance of the role of the potential employer in establishing the process for an inclusive environment. Before we end our program, let's take a look at these important clips. People with disabilities represent over 1.8 billion people globally. When combined with friends and family, the disability market touches 53% of consumers and controls over 13 trillion US dollars in annual disposable income. The size and scope of this market is large and unrealized. People with disabilities have functional demands that dovetail nicely with the needs of aging baby boomers and represent a viable talent source as labor markets tighten. The disability market is tipping. Are you ready? The return on disability model highlights specific actions each business can take to maximize value by delighting their customers, attracting great talent, and leveraging innovation from people with disabilities to making existing assets more productive. Companies that enhance their customer experience by utilizing insights from the disability market outperform their peers in revenue growth. Public and private organizations that hire individuals with disabilities with motivated intent benefit from employees who generate lower costs and higher productivity, resulting in higher returns. Leveraging insights from disability drives productivity. Complex and costly processes become simplified and more efficient overall when designed by and for people with disabilities. Top organizations understand this model and use it to their advantage. Disney incorporates park design features for the disability market, enhancing customer experience for all. It continuously incorporates the disability experience into its on-screen characters, bonding with its customers, and making Disney a leader in value creation. Google's disability-driven innovation leads to product design it then applies to its core customers. From the beta stage, disability market needs are the inspiration for Google's many now mainstream innovations. Google Glass, Google Voice, and Google Car find their roots in disability and drive Google to the top ranking in ROD research. TD Bank is a leader in value creation due to the inclusion of people with disabilities in their talent pipeline, as well as how the company talks about the disability market as a driver of their business. TD sets an excellent example for brands wishing to communicate the connection of disability to business results. Attract the disability market and improve customer experience. Grow your top line, find the right talent, and increase shareholder value for investors. Do disability right to delight customers and shareholders. Connect with us to get started today. If I was going to tell a prospective employer about Project Surge, I would absolutely tell them to get on board. So here is your task. There are many questions. 
Project Search uh, is a really important program because it's an intensive transition to work program for students that we know are underrepresented. Who might you ask this question? Do you have any plans for the long weekend? Coworkers? A coworker, yeah. Students graduate with a level of confidence and also competence that, you know, is unique to a full year program. project search because it prepares me for the job that I'm currently doing right now. Kenzie is our visual aid assistant and she creates a variety of visuals that support the learning of other students with disabilities. Kenzie's wonderful. Her work is gorgeous. The visuals look very professional and I really haven't done much to train her. She learned on the job what was expected and she's a very fast learner. Yes it does make it feel good. It feels more independent for me as well. So having Kenzie now be a part of our team has been inspirational. I'm a transporter here at the hospital. He's got a great personality. He's very open with our patients. He does a really, really good job in patient transport. So I am a huge champion of Project Search. The value that the program brings to the organization, to you as a manager, um, individually, to your staff is incredible. It shows that everyone can do anything. Housekeeping. Mesfin is a great fit to our department. He is very enthusiastic, uh, a hard worker. I think it's very important for project search candidates to be employed, just that it's an untapped resource. If you could work more, would you want to? Um, every day. Okay, Justin, so I want you to pick this one next for tomorrow. All right. I love working as a team. I am a hard worker with a positive attitude. I like to learn new things. So Justin was responsible for picking all those instruments and equipment necessary for the surgery tomorrow to do a hip replacement. Organizations that hire graduates will really expand their diversity and inclusion programs. Uh, they're going to see about the abilities, the capabilities, and the contribution that these individuals can make as full employees, full-fledged employees of the organization. It's important to really challenge the social barriers when it comes to youth with disabilities to really bring a more inclusive and diverse workforce. It's important for everybody to hire people with disability because they bring us a lot of help and joy. If you're looking for an employee that's going to work hard and be super loyal to your organization, you should consider Project Search and you should hire one of our students. Welcome. I'm Anna Bruno, host of Odin Talks. Today, four business leaders share their strategy for recruiting people who have a disability with our producer, Jeff Dobbin. They actively pursue this talent pool because of the benefits to their businesses. Let's move to the studio and talk recruitment. I'd say we've got a good 12 to 15 percent 
um, of employees that are dealing with their own disabilities. In terms of our office, we've had lawyers, and we have lawyers, um, support staff, uh, administrative staff. Um, it's basically, you know, you, a person with a disability can fit in at every level. The, the roles vary depending on their education, their expertise, their motivation. Uh, we're a service industry, so we're always looking for people with good judgment, um, who are innovative, and uh, who, are, who are willing to provide service. We try to make sure that our hiring practice is open to everybody. You have to make sure that the application process is accessible and um, it's, that can be a challenge to make sure that it's open to everyone. Um, and then you need to ensure that the expectations of the prospective employee are well-defined just as you would for any employment position. Um, and, and once you find a candidate who you believe will meet those expectations, uh, you move forward with the hiring. Again, just as you would with any candidate. We use an online system where people go in and they answer a series of questions. Um, and so some of those questions would dis disqualify f yeah. folks with, uh, with disabilities. And so, um, and the way in which we um, uh, conducted uh, some of the uh, interviews, uh, we've made adjustments to that to make it a uh, more open process for everyone. And I think that that helps us, not only with people with disabilities, but with everybody. I mean, I think you, you, need, you need to be continuously reviewing those approaches and modifying them to make them easier and uh, easier for folks to navigate. Yeah. yeah, it's something that we try to actively pursue to make sure that, you know, we're an equal employer. We always promote that. So we promote people with a disability apply and we make it simple as possible. Like even if the job requirement uh, needs uh, like extensive reading or extensive uh, 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 recipe writing, some things like that. We try to exclude the on purpose just because it might scare a person with a disability or it might scare um, like, a, uh, 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 like a workforce that, we, that might not be confident yet. Uh, so we're, we're working on the, the process. We have a big project team in the US and Canada looking at the overall um, process of, of um, you know, self-declaration or uh, but how do we make people comfortable to do it? That's the most important part and that, that's what we're, we're focusing on. We want to, them to know that they're welcome to, to come in and work with us. We want them to know that we're happy to do whatever we can to make them successful. We as a, a leadership team want to know uh, like at the unit, the hiring manager would want to know how they can help you be successful. They don't need to know what the disability is, they just need to know what you need to be successful. So whatever accommodations or adjustments are required, we provide adjustments for employees every day in all of our business for many, many different reasons. But if you disclose that you need something specific and I can get it for you and make you more successful at Sodexo, that is very, very successful. That's very, very good for Sodexo good for the employee, good for Sodexo, good for the operation overall. We have come to the end of today's program. I'd like to thank you, Matt, for appearing as my guest today and being part of this powerful discussion.
Thanks, Lino. Thanks for having me as usual. It's been fantastic. Great. Thank you, Matt. Matt and I have discussed a lot of important information on this opening episode on employment of persons with developmental disabilities. I cannot stress enough the importance of creating an inclusive workplace that benefits everyone. When writing a job posting, decide which qualifications are essential rather than including a long wish list that may discourage candidates with disabilities from applying. Show that you care. Remember that employing disabled people is not only beneficial for businesses, but also helps create a more inclusive society. I'm hoping that all of our viewers will agree that every person with a developmental disability has a gift and is willing to learn the necessary life skills and job skills that will enable them to contribute and flourish once they are given the opportunity to enter the workforce. As a parent to a young man with developmental disabilities, I promise you that a person with developmental disabilities can be extremely passionate about their work and given the opportunity, have a valued place in the community. I believe that an employer who takes the initiative to effect change will never find a more loyal employee and will be seen by their customers as a business that cares for everyone. And there are multiple studies that support this statement. On our next program, we will continue with our series on unemployment for individuals with developmental disabilities. Joining our show will be both a representative from ODIN and the coordinator of Project Search in Ontario, two entities that are affecting change in employment of persons with developmental disabilities. Our program provides a platform for your social enterprise organization to share your message with our viewers. If your social business is providing a valuable service to persons who are part of our vulnerable population and wish to appear on our show, write to us at infocribletalks.com. If you've missed any of our programs, key in two words on YouTube, Crib Wolf Talks, and you can watch all prior episodes. Please continue to follow us on Your TV Halton, Kojigal's community channel, which covers local news and productions in the Burlington and Oakville area. And Rogers subscribers can also follow us on Cable 14 in Hamilton, Ontario. Thank you for watching Crib Wolf Talks. Stay well, everyone.